Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there Steve. Shalom. And today we are talking the 10 episode Netflix series Lock and Key, uh, based on the comic series by Joe Hill and... Oh, Gabriel Rodriguez. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, give us the lowdown on it, Steve. I think you read the comic, right? I've read the comic multiple times. I really like this comic. Nah, okay. um, I've, I've never touched it. So, so it is uh, the story of a family who loses their father um, and moves back to New England. And their lives are complicated because the family are the traditional keepers of a bunch of magic keys. And there's a mysterious enemy out to get the keys for themselves. There you Much go. mayhem ensues. Right. And we got to try to do this like spoiler light as possible since the series is only a couple of weeks old as of this yeah. recording. It just came out um, like two weeks ago, I think. Maybe like the beginning of February. All right. Like well, sweet. Second week. Second week. All right. Yeah. So you you've read the comic and now you've watched the series. Go ahead and uh, inform inform us as to what what you thought being a fan of the comic. Okay. Well, um, as far as adaptations go, I question some of the choices they made. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say I didn't enjoy the series because I did. I think I would have enjoyed it more had I not been such a fan of the comic. Um. I know that the comic was, you know, six story arcs long and, you know, was able to go into more detail and minutia than the the TV series in, with one season that wanted to tell the whole story can get. I get that. My main concern really is with the choice of how to build tension in the storytelling. Okay. Which is going to mean nothing to you. <laughs> but um, in the series, they tried to make, they, they tried to keep the viewer, I guess, in the dark as much as possible. And there was a series of, of reveals, each more astounding than the last, um, which seems to be pretty typical of how these uh, Netflix series go. Um, they want it to be like, um, surprises to keep the viewer engaged when you come to find out that X is really Y stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so the overall plot, um, or I guess not plot, but the overall, um, machinations of the evildoers are, are kept away from you. So you are in the same perspective as the protagonists. So when they find out shit, you find out shit. And that's how excitement is maintained in the storytelling. In the comic book, it is more of an omniscient viewpoint where um, you know stuff that the protagonists don't know. Mm-hmm. And that is where the tension builds. And I think for this story in particular, it's a lot more effective because um, I think you're at a you're at a your point of view is one where you can actually root 
for people and 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 you know shit's going to happen. You know that the whip is coming down and the hammer's falling or whatever, and there's nothing they can do to prevent it. And you get tension that way. And I think for like a, you know, it's like urban fan, it's urban horror slash fantasy, if you want to genre it. Um, and I think that is a more effective way of telling that story than this. This is more like a, a Harry Potter kind of uh, perspective. You find shit out that when Harry finds it out mm-hmm. and some of it was like there in front of your face and you put the clues together with along with the, you know, the, the guys. Uh, that's kind of how this this rolls. And the comic book is much more clever because um, you, you know what's going to happen and you know, um, you know, what, what the bad guy wants to happen and you see it unfold and it really fucks with you because you care about the characters so that that's my biggest complaint is just like the way it was told well how many issues did the original series run um so the original series had like uh i think let's see one two three four five six story arcs six main story arcs of six issues a piece so like 35 36 issues so 36 issues and and provided a once a month release schedule that's three years yeah that it took to tell this story that 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 netflix decided to tell the whole fucking thing in 10 episodes yeah and and i don't get why they did that um i mean i i think that yeah you probably don't want to bank on having six seasons Right, right. Well, I, th- I also think a lot of of the n- kind of new binge watching model uh, is that they get you a whole season in eight, ten episodes, and you can watch the whole thing over a weekend, and that's it. It's almost like um, almost kind of like it's disposable content or something like that because we've got a, had a lot of high profile uh, streaming series that only ran. You know, eight to ten episodes. Uh, well, the Witcher uh, was eight episodes. The Mandalorian was eight episodes. Lock and Key is ten. Um, I think there was a couple more, a couple more that came out around the same time that were like eight, ten episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, but they, now they set it up so there could be a second season. I don't know if that second season has been approved or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Too early to tell, really. Yeah. I mean, very few people are actually even talking about this. Most of uh, most of uh, high-profile streaming series, somebody is is chattering over it somewhere. Your girl likes media. it. Yeah. Your, your girl Gail likes it. Yeah, Gail Simone likes it. She's talked about it on Twitter. Um, and there's a reason why I haven't said anything about my opinion yet. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna have Earth Two Rodney today. <laughs> Earth 2 Rodney has no beard <laughs> He has hair on top of his head Now now, I, I get the problems that you're seeing That you see with the show And uh, Probably compound them With my own issues with the show Like To be perfectly honest I wouldn't, if I was not watching it for this episode, 
I would have I would have like moved on to something else after the first first episode of the series. Um, I found it to be a bunch of stock photo cardboard actors and an uneven tone throughout the entire series. You know, is it a hair, whimsical Harry Potter thing? Is it the fucking Shining? Is it a fucking teen drama? Is it fucking, you know, the perspective shifts too much? There's too much... I don't know. It's just, I, I did not get any type of enjoyment out of this series whatsoever. Really? And and the ghost key special effects were complete and total shit. Yeah, but the ghost key special effect was a little Shrekish. Yeah, exactly. It looked like a, it looked like a Shrek character flying around. Like, oh come well, on, come on! They, you they guys blew, had they, a lot of money for this. It's Netflix. They blew their budget on the pyrotechnics. What pyrotechnics? <laughs> there was a lot of fire. It was a lot of like, fire. Fire, fire. Yeah, well, and you know CGI fire can't be cheap. <laughs> mm, I don't know, they, especially CGI when CGI fire is used a lot because it's safer. But um, I thought the fire special effects were really cool. Yeah, the, to be I mean with fire effects. I think really have worked the, on for years. The only shitty effect was the ghost effect. Yeah. and right. you, you could you could um, I guess you can excuse that. It, it, it was. It was a major part of one episode. Uh, yeah, two, technically. But, um, yeah, that was the crazy part. And, and this is kind of a spoiler. Is when the kid goes through the, the ghost door or whatever the fuck it was. You know, this strange random-ass door that leads outside. <laughs> um, and he goes to the family cemetery and meets his great-great-great-grandfather... His ghost was actually really good looking for a ghost. Well, I mean, he had, he had a couple decades experience of being a ghost. I, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that little boy's soul was made out of plastic. That might explain the acting. Yeah, there, there, there was some issues with the acting, I thought. Um, the kid, Bodie. Um, if you... I guess it could be forgiving because he, what is he like? He's like a 10 year old kid or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, that could be forgiven. The mother though, (laughs) (laughs) the woman who played the mother on this thing was like a serial killer. She was like, she was like being played by a corpse. Yes. She was, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly like her, her, um, her acting. Um, the woman's name is. I have it all in different places. Um, that is Darby Stanchfield. Stanchfield. Right. And you might know her from such shows as Jericho and Mad Men. No, I don't. <laughs> I said you. I, I. I don't. I know it was the generic you. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, not just hers, but any scenes with her in them were just automatically like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, she plays the worst dry drunk I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) And and what's the deal with this message of she can only remember the magic when she's fucking drunk? 
Well, I think they were trying to say that, you know, when when you're when you're loaded like that, you become more childlike. Maybe. Well, you got to remember that um, the Hill slash King family has uh, years and years of issues with alcohol and substance abuse. And um, not that you read a lot of, of Stephen King or Joe Hill, See, but um, I do. And yeah, that, that's um, that's part of the deal with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stephen King was a fucking drunk cokehead throughout the eighties. <laughs> so recovery is like really big. Well, he was a rich motherfucker in the eighties. It's in so, the handbook. <laughs> so I mean, that's why you have a lot of of their characters being recovering alcoholics and right. and whatnot. So um, I think that's where that comes from. That see now in the comic. Spoiler alert for the comic. Um, there was a, I guess one of the, these guys' ancestors decided that, um, the kids were too much responsibility for, um, adults, Mm. uh, because adults would use it to, to, uh, better themselves and, and grab power and shit. Um, he, I guess he assumed all adults were Republicans and he made a key that anyone who walks through the front door of the mansion um and when they turn 18 they can no longer remember the keys that's how they dealt with it there uh, so well, it was I a mean, key that did it the locks were a super wealthy family so the chances are of them being republicans even in massachusetts is probably pretty high well that was like the cape they're like on the cape so <laughs> right right i have a 38 room house Overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Massachusetts Bay. Massachusetts Bay. What? It, it's still the it's still the ocean. It's fresh water. It's it's salt water. They even say the well was contaminated by salt water. But uh, now, one thing that I see throughout this series, right? And and I commented on it several times while we were watching. Mia commented on it several times while we were watching. This family is the most unsupervised group of kids I have ever seen. Well, mom's a drunk. What do you expect? Even at best, mom's sober. And the youngest child is just like left to his own devices. Mom, was, mom was sober, but I don't think she was... In recovery, as we say. Mom was a dry drunk. Mom gave a shit only about mom. And you saw that in her characterization. I don't know if you pick up on that. But she was a stone-cold, nosy bitch. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't blame anyone around her from, like, going, it's none of your fucking business. So she, she basically, you know... It's not really much of a spoiler, but the the, the patriarch of the family, the, the dad, he, he gets killed. He's, yeah. he's uh, shot and killed. So she decides to move the entire family across the country, literally, from Seattle to Cape Cod. Right. <laughs> or Matheson. To uh, her husband's ancestral home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
and thereby relieving her brother-in-law of the burden of taking care of this house. Right. So, I mean, and and she she, I guess she figures that it's like some sort of like quest to put closure on the whole thing mm-hmm. for her. But really, she ended up uprooting her her family for no good reason. Right. Right. And apparently mom is like a house flipper or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're, house, they're house flippers, independently wealthy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Rendell, the father, had money. Now, now, did you ever notice that uh, no matter how much mom was working on the house or how many trips to the hardware store she made, that house never improved? Tom Savini's hardware store? Yeah. It never improved. She's like sitting there picking at a spot where the wallpaper is there and the plaster is exposed, and that spot is there the entire series. Well, I think I think what you want to do in in terms of these old houses is you want to like uh, make them structurally sound, but you want to keep like that authenticity of of oldness. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think she did much of anything. <laughs> well, no, because she was she was she was just let she she just let she used it as an excuse to leave the littlest one at home. Um, you know the oldest the oldest went was is going out all the time during the week, getting drunk, getting fucked up. You know the middle is she, is like a, a bubblegum version of Lydia Dietz. <laughs> <laughs> Who falls in with the horror kids? Yeah. Well, um, I I think you know that that I think that it's just because she she was a horrible mother, um, and I think they they I didn't feel any sympathy toward her as a character, and I don't no. think you're supposed to. Um, I think you know you're supposed to say what the fuck is this woman doing. Because she she really was more or less driving the family into the ground. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed that, um, you know, while I was watching the show, it would almost get me invested throughout the course of an episode. And then the mother would show up and just like take me out of the whole fucking thing. Because, I mean, it's like the scenes with her in it are completely unnecessary. She should have stayed lost in the mirror. She should stay lost in a mirror. She should just take more trips to the fucking hardware store. Stay at the hardware store. You know, it's like her burgeoning friendship well, with I mean, uh, she, one of her ex or deceased husband's friends is just like completely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. I don't know why L Ellie. Uh, stuck around, especially uh, when she just started digging into her past. Mm-hmm. Like who? It, and she eventually said, "It's none of your fucking business." Right. You know. Uh, so uh, her husband had like these really close friends, and they used the keys, and uh, a number of them ended up dying. Right. They were like the 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 Harry Potter Goonies kind of thing. Right. And a, f- a few of them died through a horrible. Horrible mm. interdimensional key accident, <laughs> right? And and there's 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 a little bit of uh, watching through that and seeing that the background of the dad and his friends made for 
probably would have made for a more interesting show to me. Uh, it's just the the whole thing was was uh, the worst parts of Arrow. Where <laughs> <laughs> so a- a- anything past season four? Well, you know the the whole the whole thing where all the drama and character development of the show is uh, they make a friend. They do something fucked up. You're an asshole. No, you're an asshole. And they're split up for like one episode and then they're back together thick as thieves. I forgive you. I was wrong. I was being a dick. And then they go around and they screw it up again That's that later on that episode. And the cycle repeats. Yeah, well, don't you have kids? I do have kids. Because <laughs> that's, that's how it works. But like me, they have <laughs> no friends. Happens. Well, that that's how it happens. Um, I, I like um, I cease to keep track of my children's frenemies anymore. Well, so, what's her, such and such is coming over. Don't you hate her? No, that was last week. Okay, right. So I, I'm not saying that the extra drama that they put in there wasn't realistic, but it, it definitely was believe semi believable. I mean, that's just how kids work. I, I don't know because because on top of that, I felt that the main character. The, especially the main characters uh, had no real personalities of their own. Their personalities were their flaws, and they, when they weren't engaging in said flaw, they were just kind of like mm, going to class, going to eat breakfast with mother. They became their mother. Well, they all were coming down from a huge personal tragedy. Well, they are all coming down from a huge personal tragedy, but that's not character either. That's not personality. They have character traits. They have flaws. They have drama, but they don't have personality. And it's probably because the actors did not infuse those characters with any type of personality. I, I can buy that. I just thought that um, none of them had proper decision-making facilities. Uh, Nobody, and I watched this with Logan, and and he enjoyed it, but he he agrees that um, in any given situation, they will actually make the possible worst decision Mm -hmm. um, for anything. And, And I guess that helps further the plot. Right, that's that's uh, a trope of of the genre. It's, it, it's a plot of of uh, Murphy's Law, I guess. But see, now I guess it's a trope of the drama. But in in the comic book, it's not like that mm-hmm. um, because you have a villain that that is part of the crew. I guess that's the best way to say it um, in the comic book the villain is also part of their crew. Right. So knows what they're doing, what they're going to do and blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't matter if they make the greatest decision in the world or the poorest decision in the world, because that move is already known to the villain and anticipated. And that's how the, that's how uh, the, the, the stress and the plot is, is furthered as opposed to, in the series, I think it's a little bit more artificial because they have to make the shittiest decision ever to f- to right. further the plot. Like, especially at the climax of the thing, their their decision was like the complete wrong 
decision of anything to do. And I'll tell you that the, the book and the movie ended completely differently. I'm sure. Um, and, and Logan was, was talking about this too. He goes, why the fuck did they do that? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, but it's really, it's because, um, they had to, because the script told them to. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and that's the only explanation because rational people, people who think things through wouldn't have made that decision. Mm-hmm. Now <clears throat> let's talk about the villain in the series. <clears throat> Whose Dodge. name is Dodge? Um, see, I, I I wasn't feeling that either. I mean, it was like, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have this villain who's stylish and sexy, but does just doesn't have the um, the other traits that they were trying to pull him out, like sinister, clever, seductive. You know, those traits didn't really come off. Like well, that's supposed to. I think that's because they made the decision to um, to not put their cards on the table from jump, and to have like this air of mystery mm-hmm. of the plot. Um, and, and I think you you couldn't have you couldn't build that like mysteries. Um, so minor spoiler: uh, there's a key that allows you to change your appearance. Mm-hmm. And the villain has is in possession of this throughout the bulk of the series. Um, I think actually, I think throughout the entirety of the the entire series, I don't think they ever recover that key. Um, So they could have played that up, um, but they didn't. in In the in the book, Dodge ended up being one of their friends. and it wasn't a key that allowed you to change your appearance. It was a, a key that allowed you to switch your gender. Okay. <laughs> so uh, um, he was like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, same kind, same premise uh, was resurrected in the well house and was able to escape. Right. But then, then used the key to become the the boy version. Mm-hmm ingratiated himself with, with the characters, right? And then killed people, um, like old teachers and stuff, who, who knew who that was. Because right. he was also a, a friend of... He was also part of the original group as well, mm-hmm. the father's group. And and so that's how you got your, your, your mystery and your tension and all of that was built around that... Um, you know, she could walk through the door and turn herself into a boy. Mm-hmm. And you knew it. And you knew that was happening, right? Right. It didn't, like, appear in, in episode number or three or four as, like, a the cliffhanger reveal at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that, that was, like, part of, like, the original story arc. Boom. Right, right. Yeah, so so that's another thing that kind of, like I said, threw me out of the narrative is it's like they took, it's almost, from what you're describing of the comic, it's almost like the 10 episodes are like a, a, a shadow on the wall of what actually happened in this story. Kind of. I think that's part of it, but I really just think that they made this decision to... Um, 
to fit it into a, a known genre, mm-hmm. to fit it into teen supernatural drama, like a CW show, right? Right. Like Supernatural or um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something like that, right? Right. Where, where you have, like, you know, romantic drama and tension happening, and you have supernatural shit happening, and you have to keep them watching to the next one. So you have a series of reveals and cliffhangers that makes you want to watch the next one. And I think just that's what failed the show. Not that it was a bad show. Um, it just wasn't like fantastic. Well, it, it, I, I, I think the 10 episode format really limited it. Um, you know, you compared it to something like Supernatural or Sabrina the Teenage Witch or even the, the new Nancy Drew story or Riverdale or whatever. Um, but those shows have 15 to 25 episodes to work with in a given arc of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I would say probably every three episodes of this story would have been maybe a five to ten episode arc in a normal television series. Yeah, I think they if they wanted to do what they were doing, and I guess if you could have stretched it a little bit more, mm-hmm. then, then um, a lot of these things um, wouldn't be issues. Uh, uh, because probably you, not. Have, I, might have, have been, I might have been... Uh, more uh, into the show if there was a little more, a little more detail to it. To well, just to... if there was like more room for stuff to breathe. Yeah. Um. But and and I think maybe if you took like a um like a a an arc, not per season, but you know, concentrated on the first two story arcs mm. for the first season, right? Right. Uh, five episodes doing the first one, five episodes doing the second one, mm-hmm. and then and then you know and then you have a cliffhanger. People are watching it, and and if if it doesn't get renewed, well, okay, well you're not making you're not telling the entire story. BFD. Right. But if it does get renewed, then you could do it again, and mm-hmm. then you have you have you know a people are going to look forward to the next to the next season. Right. And B, you're telling a, a, a more complete story because the arcs kind of function. There's an overarching story, of course, right? But the arcs kind of function as a, um, as as just like little. They you know they have a beginning, middle, end. They are self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's obviously you know yes, there's tension. And the next arc builds off of what happened, but there's you know conclusion. It's not necessarily the conclusion that is good for the protagonists, mm-hmm. um, and there are pirate victories and all of that. Right. Uh, but but it is a complete story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hesitate to to uh, use Star Wars as um, my example, but the original Star Wars trilogy had three complete stories that interlocked and mm-hmm. you could really watch any of those movies on their own right. and, and not, not have to really worry too much about what happened before uh, because, you know, it, it all gets made up. 
Right, and they get and they, they give you cereal. a little thing at the beginning that says, right, and there's there's cereal anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, even the first story, kind of, you know, a new hope or whatever you want to call it, um, take takes place in media res. There was stuff that happened before, and you get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no movie beforehand. But you still watch it, and you you know what's going on. Right, and and you know you could have done something similar with this. So having story arcs being season or two story arcs being a season, um, and then you could have had three seasons worth of material mm-hmm. uh, that if you made it through, great. You told the whole goddamn story. Congratulations. Um, but at the very least, even if it was only one season, you told a, a comprehensive good story. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel that this succeeded in that. <laughs> And, okay. I think it was bad. I just think it, it didn't do the comic book as much justice as it could have, I right, guess. Right. Well, maybe, you know, there's probably all sorts of things and, and, and money and, and playing to whatever the, the quote-unquote market is that this show was being uh, created to fill. You know, um, probably all had something to do with that. Now, I have two questions for you. Uh, first, the answer is Charlie. Okay, that doesn't actually answer the question. <laughs> All right, so first question is: If they do do a season two of Lock and Key, they've pretty much run out of the source material, correct? Yes, and by, uh, by so and large, uh, they've run out of the. The main arc, I guess, but there is stuff that could be used in another arc that has that's not that hasn't been done. Right. If you get my drift, mm-hmm. so I don't want to spoil how it ended, but it ended like with you know an open door to more right. seasons. It definitely open, um, ended with an and, open and, door, and and you can um, you can use some of the things that happened in the comic book to to put in there, it would be out of context or out of the original context, I guess. Right. Uh, but it could still happen. And you know, that wouldn't bother me. Fucking Avengers movies do that. And well, maybe it would bother me. Well, yeah, because all the (laughs) Avengers movies bother you, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, so there, they'd be coming at it with, with some stuff that they skipped from the original story arc, but they'd have to construct an entirely new, New narrative season and a new narrative to try to include to kind of cram that material into. Yes. Um, so it's it's hard to say whether that you know has any potential. I mean, well, sure, it's got potential as being you know season two of Lock and Key coming only well, on Netflix. Look at look at it. Um, how the I kind of look at it the same way they handled it wasn't Netflix obviously uh, Handmaid's Tale, right? So season one blew the wad, right, in terms of story. Right. Season one of A Handmaid's Tale was basically the the book. And where do you go from there? Well, season two. Right. Which was, all, two. Which was fan fiction. Uh, you know, it was uh, Gilead fan fiction. <laughs> what about Man uh, in the High Castle? Bad. I know you saw that. No, or well. Man in the High Castle. That's actually a better example because Man in the High Castle, I actually thought got better once they, like, left the source material because I don't think they did a very good job with the source material mm. in the first season. Um, but the second, third and fourth season were really good. 
So it 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 it, it did really well after that. And, and you know, you might have the same kind of situation. Okay, so we we've, we've we've dealt with the 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 you know source material. Now we can like sit down and be clever and tell cool stories. And it might go that route. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, I can I can see what you're saying. Where 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 you say okay, now we've gotten you know the Joe Hill stuff out of the way. Right now we can start with season two with this writing team. This is the universe we've established. These are the characters. Exactly. Go nuts. And and hopefully they they don't like go the American gods route where they just second guess themselves to death. Right. On the other hand, it could become Infinite Crisis as well. Or Final yes. Crisis. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I could just see... That. What What can we do for the second season of... I've got it. <laughs> call... Red Morrison. He could save this series. <laughs> I, you know... I know all of these writers in these communities, they, they have their own personality conflicts. I wonder what the Joe Hill Grant Morrison dynamic is. I don't think, um, I, I think Joe Hill's beyond Grant Morrison, to be honest with you. Who knows? You never can tell. Ah, that's true. But, uh, you know, I mean, Joe Hill, I read a few of his, his books and they're pretty good. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so, uh, already he's better than Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, I, I enjoyed Lock and Key, the comic book, mm-hmm. better than any Grant Morrison shit I've ever read. Okay. The Nosferatu comic book, which mm-hmm. was a uh, adaptation of, of Joe Hill's novel Nosferatu, uh, was kind of a pile of crap, so... Right, right. Ad- adaptation decay. Yeah. All right, so that, that leads me into the second question, which is, did the series make you want to go back and read the comic again? Um, It did, and I did. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That's why I have all this comic book stuff fresh in my mind. Um, I think when, it's funny, when you have something that you've, you've enjoyed and you've read, but not recently... Um, right. And you kind of have that idea of lock and key in your, in your head, like, mm-hmm. you know, story beats, right. um, main themes and stuff. And you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember this. And it kind of clicks for you. Right. But then I went back and reread it and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, that's definitely the TV version of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, from from my perspective. Uh, I've just never, never even uh, taken a look at anything he's done. Lock and Key, Nosferatu, whatever. You know, should read Heart Shaped Box. It's Heart-shaped just not cool on my radar. Um, however, watching the show, I you know there are there were times I was watching the show that I was like, maybe I should read the comic because it's got to be better than this fucking pile of shit that I'm looking at on the screen. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a pile of shit. I, I would. I would. I, I, you know, while I was watching it, I had all of my criticisms and, and it was, there was one part of my brain that was always sitting there going, 
you know, I would rather, much rather have been playing Gangbusters right now. Or I know there's something else important that I can do that would be more pleasurable than this experience. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to recommend this show. Although I appear to be in the minority because the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDB ratings are, are fairly high. But that's usually well, I, the case with me. I would anyway. recommend it. Uh, and I'm usually the one who's like, this is a, a pile of shit. If it's like a TV show or a movie, especially if it's a comic book adaptation. Right. Right. So, so we're actually, well, this is, this is, um, that's why it's earth Two, Rodney. Right. Because, because our roles have kind of reversed this week. Um, I don't know. I, I thought, uh, I think the, the roles reversed with bird box as well. Yeah. Because I think you enjoyed bird box and I, I like bird box. Right. I couldn't stand it. And, uh, I think we agreed. <laughs> we agreed on uh, the fucking uh, evil super kid movie. Oh well, that was just horrible. Yeah, that was terrible. All right, so there you go. I shit out better evil Superman than that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a split decision. Steve recommends it. I don't. Lock and key on Netflix. If you got Netflix. Take a look, see who you agree with, me or Steve. Yeah, um, let us know. And let us know. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, Steve is at Mun Night Heroes. Uh, I am Rodney underscore Mom. That's um, Twitter. That's on Twitter, sorry. Uh, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Microphones of Madness. And you can also get in touch with us via email, microphonesofmadness at gmail.com. That's where you can keep 30 luck points. That's where you can. However, before you do keep 30 luck points, uh, we don't do these kinds of things often, but if you are listening and you do enjoy the show, you get a laugh out of it, you think Rodney's stupid, or whatever, uh, leave, leave a rating, leave a review on your podcast provider of choice. And yeah. That, that really helps us out. That boosts the views on the on the episodes and it really lets us know what you guys think of, of right. what we do. That's true because we, we, you know, if left to our own devices, <laughs> we will just do crisis on infinite <laughs> earths again and again and again. <laughs> but seriously, if there's stuff you want to have reviewed comic books, books, movies, TV shows, games, yeah, if you have any suggestions, we don't have a Patreon. You don't have to pay for it. Just send us a message of something you think we should check out. Yeah, we'll slop through it. Yeah, well, <laughs> regardless of what we think of it, I will tell you that that we kind of prefer, you know, sci-fi, uh, horror, uh, sword and sorcery. sorcery. Lots of sword and sorcery. We love that shit. <laughs> um. And, and go from there. So, yeah. Uh, join us again next week. And until next time, keep 30 love. Good night, everybody. <laughs>